Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Screaming at Kicking podcast, the podcast for coaches who want to learn and grow. This is a little different episode. We are missing Omar today. Sorry, Omar. We will definitely get you in the next one and look forward to it. If you are listening or watching, feel free to boo Omar for missing out. But I am talking with Dr. James Whitaker from Columbia International University. He was my head coach in college for three seasons. I also coached with him for five seasons at Columbia International University when he started the program there. So I have known him for a long time. He's an awesome guy with really an amazing career and story of just going from playing to coaching and kind of moving up in the coaching world, transitioning into an athletic director role, and now overseeing the sports management program there at CIU. So really interesting perspective on just the different levels and kind of moving from one to the other and how that can work. So I think it can really be valuable for anybody out there, especially wondering how things might work and how you might get to a different level that you want to get to um, and what that can look like. So Tons of insights and also just an awesome guy to chat with. It was awesome catching up with him. Let's get into it. Hi, James. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I'm super excited. It's good to see your face again. It's good to see you on here. It's been way too long since we've done that, uh, pandemically or not, but it's good to have you on here. It's great to hear from you, Tyler. It's great to join you. Uh, proud of you, man, and all the cool things you're doing. So excited to be with you uh, this evening. Awesome. Omar, unfortunately, is not here. All the fans can boo at that, and uh, we'll we'll make sure he hears about it. So, just getting started. Uh, Whitney, our producer, aka my wife, had a good idea just to share kind of a little background on how we know each other, and including some first impressions and things like that. So, I'll get started with that. James took over as head coach of the men's soccer program at Clearwater Christian College. It was my sophomore year that he started there. And I think he was doing some athletic director stuff there. I could be wrong. Or maybe maybe it was teachings. Some kind of uh, lots of other stuff going on too. But he took over there my sophomore year. Um, after my freshman season, we had made it to nationals, but we didn't do real great at the national tournament. Um, but we were excited about the next season. Um, and really, I mean, he was the first coach that I had in my life that I really learned a lot from and looked up to who had a lot of playing experience and just so much to share and learn from. So I was super excited for that. However, first impressions might have been a little rough. Maybe not first impressions, I guess, but like experience initially coaching early on. And and I've told James this before, so it's not like I'm springing this on him or anything. But it was just from a player pers- 
perspective, the experience was not necessarily my way or the highway, but like, no, I generally believe this is the best thing we can be doing and not the most listening involved and like trusting the players at that point is what it felt like to me as a player. Uh, But he definitely shifted in that area as he went on and just was super by the end of it like open like hey guys do we need to do this what do we need to work on where do you guys think we're at how you guys feeling you know fitness wise whatever it might be um and so that was even just a cool thing to see evolving just in the few short years that I played under him um and then after that he invited me to come coach with him at Columbia International University a few years later So I coached for five seasons with him there in Columbia, South Carolina, which was pretty cool, although thoroughly hot. Um, (laughs) Memories, we have a laundry list. Uh, Some of the best times, I think, are in the preseason life where, you know, you're doing multiple sessions a day, whether as a player or as coaches together, and it's hard and it's a grind, but it's also like some of the best times just getting to train and train, basically eat, sleep, train, um, plan those things out. And also just the two Guatemala trips, we went on mission trips mm-hmm. to Guatemala, just uh, definitely got to see a different side of James there, kind of like the chilled out vacation vibe almost, just because... So much of it was not in his hands. Like we kind of just had to trust our uh, our contacts over there who were setting things up and organizing. And also because the time of day didn't really matter. It was like, you have a game today and we're going to play it. But uh, there there's no set time on basically start time or end time. So that was interesting too. Yeah, for a coach like me who values structure and <laughs> likes to know everything and be in control, that was... That was a quite an experience. That's so. That's what I've got. Just kind of first impressions and memories. If you have something to share, go for it. Yeah, just um, you know, obviously Tyler and I go way back. Uh, we've spent a lot of time together on the soccer field, both as a player, uh, Tyler as a player, and then as an assistant coach. And um, I can honestly say that kind of what Tyler said about kind of. Uh, my first year coaching at the college level, we definitely grew up together. And um, I will say that these guys uh, taught me a lot and, and hopefully I taught them as well in time. But it was, a uh, like you said, it took a little while to, to figure that out. And, um, but when it did, it was a beautiful thing. And so it was so fun to see Tyler grow as a player. I definitely can say that Tyler got better uh, in the, in the years that he was with me because he was committed and he was, he was, um, you know, he wanted it right. And he took ownership of it. And I, I'd like to think that I showed some belief in you, Tyler, and, and that you responded well to that. Right. And so oh, yeah. to see your, uh, your leadership grow, uh, you know, you're not a, a real vocal type guy that's going to rah, rah and talk a lot, but you led by example and uh, both as a, as a player and as a coach. Uh, I think you grew so much. And so those are really good years. Some of the best memories in my, in my coaching career uh, were those years in, in Florida at Clearwater as I grew up as a coach, but also to see you and other guys on the team grow. 
And then to see you go from being a very good player to being a an All-American, to being a leader on our team, and eventually as we won two national championships. Uh, great memories. Obviously, winning is, is huge. That's a huge part of it. But also just to see the growth in you and the other guys that were part of those teams and growth in myself. Right. That, that, that I think those things were really impactful in my life and hopefully in yours as well. And you mentioned the mission trips as well. That was all part of it. Right. Uh, those were really good times. So uh, love to redo some of those times and have another reunion again soon, Tyler. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm interested for that. I missed the last one as Whitney was very late in pregnancy, but I'm definitely looking forward to another one on the radar. Yes, sir. So could you give just a little bit for everybody listening or watching along, uh, just a quick overview kind of of your journey. We're talking about transitions in a coaching career. Um, and so I think it'd be great to hear just about your journey going from life as a player, even as you change from level, like lower to higher levels there as a player. And then also the same thing as a coach, you know, going from club and high school to college all those things yeah so um very quickly i started playing soccer when i was five uh, like many kids do just in a rec league and uh, loved it um well god blessed me athletically and parents that uh, gave me that opportunity and so it was fun to to early on play for uh the carolina bankers uh, was our the name of our club team. We were sponsored by a bank, and we had quite a win streak. Uh, we had a really good team playing with my buddies. But anyway, we 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 transitioned from there, played club throughout, and then uh, went on to play in high school. Um, won, won a state championship as a as a senior. First time we'd ever done that at our school. Uh, went on and played uh, in in college, um, and then went on to play. Uh, one year after college, played for a semi-pro team in our area called the South Carolina Shamrocks. Uh, that was, that was a, a interesting experience. Did that for one year um, and uh, learned a lot uh, doing that, but also realized that I wasn't going to be uh, doing or playing soccer for a living. I wasn't good enough to do that, but I knew I wanted to be around the game. And so even from an early age, I knew I wanted to coach. And so uh, actually started coaching even in college. Uh, I coached a club team. I had the opportunity to do that where I learned a lot, had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and then um, went on to coach uh, after college in high school at the high school level. I uh, did that for 10 years. Um, I taught taught and coached, did all of those kinds of things. Um, and then uh, went on, had the opportunity to, to move on to, to coach in college and I uh, was fortunate enough to, to have some success in high school. And so um, got the opportunity to coach in college. And that's where I met you, Tyler. That's where we, we had a lot of success. And that's where I really grew as a coach. And then moved to where I am now, at Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. I had a chance to start a program from scratch. And so uh, not too many coaches get a chance to, to start a college program from nothing. And so that's when you came along with me and we had, we have a lot of funny stories about that. There are good days and bad days, but to to get a chance to put our stamp on something and to build something from, from scratch, uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, it was challenging, um, but it was also really rewarding. And, um, and so 
did that for for a number of years. Did that for about six years before moving into uh, athletic administration as a uh, uh, the athletic director here at the university. Did that for three and a half, and now I'm now I have the opportunity to co- to teach about what I've done in my in my life as a as a player and as a coach as a uh, athletic director. And the, the funny thing is now I've come full circle. I'm back coaching club soccer again. So I have a son, Davis, who's 12 years old. And just to be able to coach him has been a, a lot of fun. And so we've actually uh, started a, a club team that he's a part of. And so now I've gone full circle. I've gone from club all the way up and now uh, back down to club. So a lot of, a lot of great memories, a lot of opportunities to, to hopefully have an impact uh, through coaching uh, a lot of wins, a lot of losses, but but definitely a lot of great memories in in the process. And now you are working. You're you're in charge of the sports management program. Yeah, now I'm the director of the sport management uh, degree program at our university, and uh, so that's actually been a pretty recent transition. About a, a year and a half, I've been doing that, and so but it has been really rewarding. It's been fun to be able to to relay the stories, the things that I've learned, uh, good and bad, right? Uh, I've got a lot of experiences and to be able to kind of teach our students now what it, what it is to, to lead. We have a coach, uh, coaching theory class today and I was even telling them some of the stories from, from my coaching days, right? Things I've learned over time. And so it's fun to kind of build into the next generation of coaches and hopefully see them uh, be successful and, and hopefully impart to them something that they can take with them that they can they can use as they as they venture into coaching for themselves. And it wasn't too long ago that you got your PhD. Yes, uh, I, I finished my uh, PhD a little about a year and a half ago in uh, in sport management leadership, and so again that just opened the door to to be able to teach uh, and do what I'm doing now and be able to coach my boy as, as a result. Um, and so God's been really good to me, blessed me with, with lots of great opportunities throughout my life and now to be able to, to teach about it and, and to be in charge of the program here. I'm still involved with the athletic teams here, um, you know, still go to games, still very involved with our athletes, but it's not in a role where I'm the, the head coach anymore, which is a little weird for me, honestly. It's been a transition mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, so I think you have a really cool perspective just to be able to see, I mean, a coach at any level, I think it's pretty common for them to be kind of like, you know, hey, what, I wonder if that would be better over there, whether it's like, I'm in the club system and I want to move to a school, or I'm in the school system, I want to move to club, or, or things like that. So I think that's really cool and that just about any coach can gain some perspective just from your experience. Hopefully, I've got something to offer. I don't know. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what kind of challenges or struggles did you have in, in that initial transition going from kind of like, I'm a soccer player type life to heading more towards coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was definitely a challenge. You know, you go from playing at a high level, playing all the time, competing, and uh, and then, you know, you're not in that same environment. But certainly, like many, many players, uh, I continued to stay active, continue to play in leagues and tournaments around, uh, kind of scratch that competitive itch. But at the same time, that's kind of part of the transition into coaching. I knew I wanted to be involved in soccer. 
I knew, knew I wanted to be involved in coaching. And so um, that was a natural transition for me. It kept me connected to the game. Um, and, um, and so I jumped right into coaching. Like I said, I'd done some of that in, in, in college and then moved right into coaching and uh, club and also uh, high school. And so that kind of scratched that itch for me. And um, I had to learn to, and I'm, you know, I'm so competitive as a player, right? And so um, to, to then be able to try to do that on the sideline, right? Obviously in, in soccer, you can't control everything as a coach. I think early on, man, I was one of those, those guys, that, the yellers, right? They're constantly yelling at the team, trying to be like, tell them everything they need to know. But the reality of that, that's not a very good way to coach, right? Because you kind of see what, what you've done in practice, right? You kind of teach the players to solve problems on the field. And, uh, and I learned that very quickly. It's hard to control everything once the game started, right? Whereas when I was a player, I did have some level of control. I, I had more influence on the game. As a coach, my work was done in, in training. And, and preparing the players. So a little bit lonely over there on the sidelines at times. <laughs> yeah, that's something for me too. It's it's just like I can jump in and, you know, at least feel like I have a legit chance of making an impact if I'm out there playing. But as a coach, it's so much just like, hey, we got to put the work in in our training and I'm trusting you guys to go out and deliver and there's just so much more involved than just like me saying, no, we gotta, I gotta start, I gotta step up my game. I gotta bring it like ramp up the intensity. It's like now I'm counting on the 11 guys out there with 11 different personal lives and other things going on and girlfriend, grades, big tests, staying up all night, playing video games or, or studying. Like I'm counting all these guys. I'm counting on all them to you know deliver what we've been working on it's just so much more like just out of control basically yeah for sure i mean i think uh, i think you described it well you know soccer is kind of unique in that way right you don't you can't call time out you know you get 15 minutes at halftime but other than that they're largely on their own you can make a few adjustments with your substitutions but even that you don't you don't have a lot of a lot of control over what's going on. A lot of it is creating belief in your players and, and also, um, you know, preparing them to, to do what you need to do. And that, that's the challenge that, especially as you get into the higher levels is, is managing people and then you know, putting them in position to be successful. So you touched on a little bit, uh, just, you know, as a player getting, staying connected with the game and kind of coaching was an opportunity for that. Can you share a little bit about when you kind of first started to realize that being a coach was something that you wanted to do more of like a career or full-time type opportunity? Well, and it goes back to when I was young. I know I love sport. I, I, I love, I, I knew I wanted to be a coach from the earliest age. And so um, I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so even in, uh, in college, I studied math education. And not because I love math. I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? But I knew I wanted to coach. And I knew if I, I could get a, a math uh, teaching position in a high school where I knew I could, I could coach. And so even that was, was geared toward being able to be involved in coaching. And, um, and then to, to you know, have some success and see that I, that I loved it. And um, you know, to be able to kind of be a little unsettled at that level. To think, okay, what's the, what's the next thing? And for me... You know, to have an opportunity then to move to the college level, be able to coach at that level, even my path 
uh, into college coaching wasn't typical. And very often you don't see guys go from the high school level to the college level, but I had the opportunity to do that and I'm very thankful for that. But all of that was just that early on, I think I had that uh, desire to be involved in coaching, to get better at it, to work at it, um, getting coaching licenses, um, you know, studying the game, um, no matter what level I was at, I think it's, and you know, I think it's important that, that you work on your trade, right. And get really good at your craft. And so I, I wanted to be a coach. I knew I wanted to be a coach. I loved it. And I constantly worked at it. And fortunately I had the opportunity to continue to, to move up in levels and, uh, God blessed me with, with some really great opportunities as a result. What would you say was the biggest transition period, whether it's in your coaching or playing journey or coaching, what was the biggest transition that you made or the biggest learning curve that you uh, ran into? Yeah, you, I think you kind of alluded to it early in the introduction uh, when you talked about my first year of coaching in college, right? Uh, you saw me as a first-year college coach, and uh, I think I changed a lot in the, the time there. But I think going from coaching club, coaching, then coaching high school, right, in a place where I was well-respected as a player, people knew me um, as, a, as a player and as a person, um, and so it was easy to gain respect of my players at that level. Um, in high school, and, and you know, guys, guys respected me. They, they, they knew I knew what I was talking about, and so it was easy to convince them of that. When I moved from South Carolina to Florida, right? You didn't know who I was that necessarily. You might have heard some things, but you, you know, I had to, I had to earn your respect, and so. You know, maybe at first I tried to do some of the things that I did in high school, assuming that guys would just follow and do what I tell them to do. You talked about kind of my way or the highway mentality. And I quickly realized that, you know what, I got to get these guys on board with what I want to do. They're not just going to just buy in automatically. And so I even had to adapt the way I coach, the way I interacted with guys like you. Right. So I realized very early on that I needed you guys to be on board. And so I had to uh, it took some time, right? It took a, probably a season for me to adjust to that and uh, and understand that I, you know, how how do I gain the respect of guys um, like you? And uh, I like to think that I that I changed a lot over time. Like I said, I learned a lot from you guys, and and you guys taught me a lot. But uh, I think that was one of the biggest challenges, honestly, and it was probably one of the biggest growth periods for me too, because I got a chance to to really uh, stretch myself. And, and then to see the benefit of that and see the results that went along with that was was really uh, quite a quite a good experience. Challenging at the same time. Do you think that that was that big of a transition from high school to college, or from like home and recognized and familiar to brand new and? kind of have to start from scratch to prove yourself to everybody. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's probably both, you know, whereas I was well-established, great reputation for the most part. Um, I think that fed into it, but I also think it was a jump in level, right? And so I had to figure that out. And I think it became more and more about managing people. I think it as you go up in level, it's less about, you know, what you know. It's less about, you know, uh, you know, a player, you know, player development and those kinds of things and working on technical skills and all that. Obviously, you have to do that, right? But it became more and more about managing people. And so I had to learn how to properly manage people to get people on board with what we were trying to do 
and then also to create and belief in them and to empower them. Like I think one of the things that I learned that I, that I began to do was to create belief and to empower guys. Uh, whereas before it was like, Hey, just do what I say and you'll be fine. But now it was, you guys can do this, right? And you've got to see the benefit of this. You've got to believe in yourself. And, um, and so that, that's, that management side became, became a big challenge. But I, I think I learned a lot in that process. So was there a time kind of when it used, you started to see it clicking a little bit and you got settled in and you're able to recognize like, no, I can do this. I'm like, we're making progress. This, this is like, we got this. Let's yeah. Go. I, I think that second year in, in, uh, in college, your, was that your junior year? Um, you know, I yep. think I started to kind of build that, that team culture that we wanted to have. And it wasn't because I told you to do it, but you got, I gave you guys ownership. I don't know if you remember, but in the summer instead of, or in the spring workouts, instead of me taking charge of everything and, and laying everything out and, and pushing you guys to, to do this and that, I, you know, I said to you guys, hey, you guys are going to lead this. And the cool thing was to see you guys like you who wanted it, who, who were motivated, right, to take leadership. And then just to take that leadership from me and become part of a team together, like we're in this together, right? We have leadership team and all of that. And to be able to create that culture where it's not just coming from me, but it's a, it's a, it's a shared leadership that trickles down to the, to the rest of the team. And so that, I think that second year was, was a, was a big uh, step in the right direction. Uh, we, we had a couple of huge wins uh, against some teams that we had struggled to beat before and, and uh, I think we all started then, okay, we're starting to believe in what we're trying to do here. And I think everybody got on board with that. And we saw the result of that being a national championship of that year and obviously the next year as well. So I think that was the biggest um, growth period right there where I began to see, okay, we can do this. Yeah, it's cool to see as a coach, you know, you have, especially early on, kind of whatever your go-to phrases or requirements are or expectations that are set and then like a year or two goes and the guys who have been with you for a year or two they they start to carry that out and live that out without you having to stand there and be like hey guys come on let's pick up the trash you know what I mean and it's cool when, when you just start to see that building it might take a lot of patience to get there, but when you do finally see that, it's like, yes, we've gotten somewhere because I feel like with coaching, so much of it is so much investment mm-hmm. and there's not any guarantee of ROI that you're going to see. Like it's, it might be something that they don't catch on to, especially off the field and investing in people. It might not be something that they don't they don't catch on to at all, or that they don't until they're like ten years down the road and like, man, that was really good. Yeah, that's a great point. You know that the things I described didn't just happen overnight, right? It's not like you guys just all of a sudden, oh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what coach wants to do, and I'm gonna buy into his leadership, right? It took a lot of time that we spent together, a lot of investment off the field and also on the field. You guys had to know that I loved you and I cared about you. And then you guys had to care and love for each other, right? And that drew that, drew that group together and it drove us forward together, right? Um, I can't, I don't think you can, you know, prepackage that. I don't think that 
you know, here's five steps to, to building that kind of team. Right. But, but I certainly think you can put some, do some things that, that help to, to create that kind of culture. Um, and that's what I tried to do. Unfortunately, you guys bought into it and we were able to see, uh, obviously good, good results from that. Uh, I wish it was always that easy. I can't say it's always been that easy trying to build. When we came here to Columbia, you came with me, right? I think we did a lot of great things in building the kind of culture, we, but it wasn't easy or we had to start again. And so uh, I think each team is different. You have to find the right ways to motivate and empower uh, to serve them. You've got to hold on to the things that you've, you know, as a coach that I feel are really important and maybe let go of some things that, that weren't. And, um, and, but, but I think I can't say enough about empowering players to, 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 to lead and to make decisions for themselves. I think that's one of the, the most important things that, that I did as a coach and that coaches can do to, to create that kind of culture. I think in that culture to you as the coach or the leader, like trying to create something like that, you have to be that. You can't just say the, the right things. Like you have to be that in your work and your preparation and your belief. It has to all be like you're living that out. It can't just be like, no, no yeah, you guys can do that. Like, right. You know, and you guys got to train hard and do all the preparation and stuff and work your butts off in training. But I'm going to be over here like, oh, I guess I probably should have planned ahead for this. You know what I mean? Like you have to have all that lined up and, and be living that out. Otherwise, you're going to get there as a player, you can just easily see through that so quickly. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I think you guys, I, I had to put the work in. I, I had to believe it for myself before you guys would, right? And so otherwise, you see, like you said, you college players, high-level players, high school, college, professional players, they see right through that if you're not authentic to, to, to what you're asking them to do. And so I had to model it. I had to believe it myself. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. What are some of the similarities and differences between the different levels, whether through your playing time or coaching, um, that you kind of found interesting or surprising? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as I as I early on in my career when I was uh, coaching at the club level, you know, it really is all about making it fun. Um, you know, uh, developing players working on their, especially their technical skills. Um, and then as I moved into the high school, higher levels, and then obviously into college and, um, both as a player and as a, as a coach, um, you know, it became more and more about, uh, obviously tactics enter into that. Um, so you have to be tactically sound and know what's going on. But I also became, again, like I was saying earlier, managing players and, and getting people into the right mindset. Right. And so, um, you know, I think those are the biggest differences as I moved up in level. I will say this one thing. One thing I've always tried to do is is make the big time where I was. So a lot of times as coaches, we always think, oh, when I become a college coach, I'll, then I'll do this. Or if I get into the professional level, I'll do this. But, but a coach very early on in my career, I heard him say this, make the big time where you're at. So if I'm coaching a U10 kids team I want to make that the best I can be I want to be all in there right I'm going to make it as, as professional environment as I can right and so make the big time right there where I was and so every level I've been I tried to make it make the big time where I was at when I was in high school 
right? Developing our pride in, in, in who we were and what we were doing. Same thing in college, uh, same thing in club at whatever level. And so that's one thing that I've always tried to do. Um, so, I, you know, I think people are people, right? There are always going to be challenges. Uh, they're just a little bit different at every different level. And I think you've got to know how to manage people and get the most out of them, um, you know, at every level. And you've got to, as a coach, that's your job to figure out what that is. You know, I may not train a, a U10 club team the same way I would a, a professional team, right? But there, there are things that, that you would do that are the same, but you also have to learn how to get the most, how to get the best out of each player. And that's my job as a coach. I always try to do that. I think that's awesome. That's a really good just kind of principle to stick to. You got to be where you are and make the most of it. Yeah, be all in, right? I mean, so easy to, oh, this isn't a big deal. No, make it make it special, right? And people will notice. That's the thing. If you do that, then people will notice. And that's how you're going to get those opportunities to move to another level if that's your goal. But if you're just focused on, oh, I got to become this, it's easy to lose sight of where you are right now. And so right now I'm coaching my son's club team. I want to, I want to build into those guys. I want to show up every day and give them my best. Uh, because, you know, because I love those guys and I want to see them grow as players. I want to see them grow as men. And so I try to make that the big time now. And so that's been fun. I think just from my perspective, that's been a huge thing in your career too, because you never know who is watching and you might not have any type of plan for like, yeah, in five years, I want to be at this level, moved up from where I am and everything like that. You're just investing where you are and then the people, there's somebody's out there, there's open positions available and they're looking to fill them and they're looking for people like that who are, it's clear that they're making the most of wherever that they're at. Yeah. If you grind and you work hard and you do a good job, people will notice. No doubt. Do you think that new coaches today, somebody just getting started the, the type of challenges and things that they're facing today, you think they're significantly different than what you faced early on when you were getting started coaching? I, I think the answer is yes and no. Um, I think no in that, you know, players, no matter where you're coaching, players want to know that you care, right? That you're invested in them, that you want the best from them, right? I don't think that's changed at all. Right. If they know that I care for them as a coach, that I'm, you know, there for them on and off the field, then that's going to make me more effective as a coach. They're going to respect me. They're going to listen to me that and, and that kind of thing. I do, however, think that players are a little a little bit more uh, of a challenge today in some ways. You think about players today are often you know more entitled, honestly. You know, they've grown up, um, you know, thinking that. You know, they're owed playing time. They're owed those opportunities to play or to, instead of having to work for them, right? And so, you know, even in the, the later stages of my career, I began to see a change from even in that, right? You couldn't just expect guys to buy into their role because they felt like they were owed something or that they were entitled to it. And so getting players to buy into their role uh, is, a, is a challenge, right? And to be unselfish, to put the team first. I think about the teams that successful teams that you were a part of, Tyler, under me, right? We had guys that bought into their role, and that was that was unique. That wasn't normal, right? We had guys that were maybe had played a lot in previous years, kind of bought into a role as a as a leader, as a senior, maybe not even playing a lot, 
And so uh, that's harder to do today, um, for sure. Uh, I think, but, but at the same time, I think uh, you know, players are players, and they want to know that you care about them. They want to know that that you want their best for them, and they that you believe in them. And and if if I can do that as a coach, I don't think I think I can get the best out of out of out of the players even even twenty years ago or whether that's today. Um, I think that that hasn't changed. What advice would you give yourself as a new coach just getting started? If I were myself today, I think um, I would say, you know, just just being bought in, you know, uh, I mentioned, you know, making the big time where you're at, you know, um, I would say to to myself or to coaches that are just getting into the into the game, um, you know, to really invest in players and, you know, you can't just show up and expect them to do what you say, right? They've got to, sh- you've got to show them that you care and that you're there for them. Right. And then to see that that can really have an impact on a life, um, you know, to see the, how a coach can impact through that platform of coaching. Um, don't take that for granted. Right. I think early on in my career, it was all about winning. I was driven, competitive, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Obviously, winning is important, and we want to strive to win. But at the same time, in the long run, it's not about the winning. The winning is a byproduct of that. So if you focus on real development and, and caring and loving the, the players that you get a chance to, to coach, uh, then they're going to play for you. And, and they're going to enjoy it and they're also going to be successful. And that's where the winning comes in. And so, um, you know, I would say to myself, you know, just chill out, right? You don't have to be, you don't have to control everything, right? Get, give, give the players some of that and, and allow them to, to enjoy it. And I think you'll see the fruit of that. What, what are some of the things that, you've learned from the coaches you've played under? Um, I think, you know, I've played for a number of coaches uh, over the years. Uh, I think back to my very first coach, my very first club coach. He wasn't a good soccer coach. Admittedly, he would say he wasn't a good soccer coach. He was a, uh, he just kind of put the team together. But you know what? He showed belief in me and I responded to that. And I think I grew a lot as a player because I knew that you know, Coach Dan was gonna was gonna show belief in me. He believed that I was gonna score two or three goals a game or whatever that was. Uh, I think about my high school coach, um, and my high school coach again not not an amazing coach, a solid coach, but I think I I learned from him that it isn't just about winning, right? It's about building relationships and using your platform to impact. Because I knew that he cared about me, right, and that became evident in the way that he treated me and the, 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 the way our team interacted with each other. When I, when I was in college, I had a coach that, uh, again, showed a ton of belief in me and, and made me the captain and put me in leadership positions and stretched me as a player. And so I got to see how, for, for myself, how that impacted me and made me such a better, of a better player. It was also huge into fitness. And so I learned the importance of fitness I was in the best shape of my life by far because of how hard he pushed, pushed us and how he pushed those buttons. Uh, I was thinking about even at the pro level when I, the season I played for the Shamrocks, um, that coach, that was a mess, right? That, 
A lot of times you think, oh, the, you go up higher in levels, the coach, coaching gets better. Right? That, was a, that was a nightmare on how to not to treat people and how not to put a team together. And so even in that, you learn, like, this is not how you manage people. This is not how you put a team together. You know, I learned, even learned even at the, the professional level what, what not to do, which seems odd. But So I've had a number of, of, of good coaches, a variety of coaches over the years. And each step along the way, I, I think I've learned different things. Uh, sometimes what not to do, but also um, you know different different things from them that helped me learn uh, what to do as a coach when I when I got out on my own and I started to make those decisions for myself. What would you say separates great coaches from good coaches? Like what makes a great coach great? I think, you know, I think um, several things. I've kind of alluded to a lot of these, but I think caring for their players, you know, um, not just about whether they win or lose or help them win, but to genuinely care about their players. Um, You know, I think great coaches know it's not about them. You know, they're not going to make it about me. It's going to be about the team. Um, I think great coaches invest in their players and the development of their players on and off the, the field. I think great coaches build culture um, that is unlike other places, and that sometimes that's tough. But I think co- they know who they are and what they're trying to do, and so they build a culture that they're they empower players, um, show belief in players, um, and and great coaches. You know, players want to play for them, and they enjoy it. And um, you know, I've tried to do as many of those things as I could throughout my career, um, and so. Um, yeah, I'd say those are the the big things. Some of these things I've already talked about uh, tonight as well. So just some other type of, I don't know, it seems not random, but just a little different to me. But like you've started and sold a soccer league. And now what you're doing is interesting to me too, because you're not... You you set up kind of a club team to be able to coach your son, mm-hmm. Davis. And it's not just like the local program. It's, I don't think it's anywhere close to you, right? And it's just like, you kind of have an agreement with them. Like, hey, we, we'll use your branding and everything. And I just want to be able to run my team here. So I'm interested in these things because it's not, you just have found ways whether it's starting a league when there's not one there or not a good one there or whatever and then eventually selling it or start like finding a different club system then so to be able to do what you want to do instead of like accepting uh well we can't do that here sorry you know it's no how do we make this happen what does it look like and i'm interested to hear kind of what the the building steps of that look like because it's not even an alternative or an option that I would have considered. I'm been like, oh, well, that doesn't exist. So, well, that's, I got to find something else, you know what I mean? Rather than just, okay, how do we build that? How do we make that happen? Right. So I think in both those situations, it was just kind of a felt need, right? And so like with the soccer league that I started in Greenville, um, there was a, a six-a-side league in the summer, but the the owner's, we're doing a really poor job and driving it in the ground. And so, um, so I decided, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to create my own league. We're going to have 
a, a website. We're going to have give out t-shirts to the teams that win. We're going to have quality officials. The fields are going to be good. Just up the level of everything. And because things had been done so poorly before, people responded, right? And we were able to create a really, really good brand, a really good league. And then when I moved to, to Florida, I sold that to to another organization. And so uh, that was that was just kind of off the cuff. It was like, all right, somebody's got to do this because, you know, I was playing in the league and it was really bad. You know, officials not showing up, fields not lined. Uh, nobody cared, right? It was just about somebody trying to make money. And so just trying to do things with excellence and try to improve it uh, was, was the motivation there. Uh, I'm not afraid to try something, try something new. And then with the club team, it's been a lot of fun to, to kind of build a club uh, around my son. Really, honestly, the only reason I started the club is to give Davis uh, a chance to play with his, with his buddies. Um, so our club, we actually play out of a, uh, out of a city that's about an hour and 15 minutes away. We don't play there. We play under their umbrella. Uh, it's very difficult just to start a club and to, be able to, you have to have a certain number of rec players and all that. Really, all I wanted was a place for my son and his friends and guys that he had uh, wanted to play with to be able to play. Um, and so there are some obstacles that, you know, that we were, we were dealing with. And so we said, hey, let's start a club. Let's see where, where this can go. And, um, and so kind of creating something different, right? So we have rec and you have elite level clubs and, and we're not here to talk about club and the challenges of that, right? Because that, that has its own challenges. But uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. People want to be involved in, in either one of those. But we were looking for something different, and a place where um, you know club soccer didn't dominate our lives, right? Every weekend we didn't have to be uh, you know driving you know two or three hours, going to tournaments all over. And also for us, uh, Sundays was a big deal. I didn't want to play every Sunday. Right, I want to have some control over that, and then the cost of, of club soccer can be really, really expensive. I have parents that are, you know, couldn't afford to spend fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a season, but they their kids wanted to play, and so uh, you know, obviously transitioning from being a coach to then now now teaching and having time to be able to 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 put put this together and to coach my son, uh, we, we put something together where you know I don't need to make money to do this. I just want to give kids opportunities. And the parents and the kids have really responded. It's been fun to to start that, and it's you know it's based also on our on our faith, you know. And so be able to use things that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about my faith, my relationship with Christ, and also passionate about soccer and how I can combine those two things, right? And so um, you know, challenging these boys to be to be great soccer players, but also challenging them and using that to challenge them in their faith and make a difference in their lives. So. It's been a fun journey. Um, you know, it's been a been a challenge. Uh, there aren't without obstacles in either one, but uh, but God's blessed that. God's blessed me with the opportunity and given the opportunity to do that, and uh, so it's been fun. And uh, we have a game tomorrow, so we'll see how we do. Uh, it'll be our first game. We open up uh, tomorrow afternoon, so we'll see how the Warriors FC. Uh, shout out to those guys uh, tonight. Maybe they'll listen to this podcast, but. Hopefully we'll uh, we'll take care of business uh, tomorrow afternoon on the pitch. How many people did you work with? Like, what kind of staff and things were involved with starting the league, and then with starting starting and running the league, and then starting and running the club? Like, was it a pretty big group, or were you pretty solo for a while? Or what is? Yeah, that, I mean, what the, the soccer league—it was just me. Uh, you know, obviously. 
And then my, my wife helped me, uh, you know, just like anything you get kind of like you starting this podcast, you and Whitney and your friend, you know, it's just a great idea and you got to start somewhere. And so, um, you know, I saw a need and jumped into it. It was just me and, and then, you know, some of my friends some people that helped me along the way, but getting officials and that kind of stuff. And then with the club, you know, I had another guy who was who uh, here in the area that worked in soccer. It's well-respected. And, um, Hey, I said, Hey Matt, you want to join me? Let's, he's got a son that's the same age. And so we, together we, we started the, the team and it's been, it's been a fun journey. So, um, you know, pr- pretty much solo to start with along with one or two other people and we'll see where it goes from here. And so you haven't had a game yet? No, no. Well, with COVID season, and everything this season we have. Oh, for this season. Yeah. Oh, we, okay. This is our third season of doing it. Yeah. So the fall season starts tomorrow. Nice. Let's go. Warriors. Warriors. So as you look back on your career, playing, coaching, teaching, what's what kind of things stand out as the most meaningful to you? Uh, de- definitely for me, it's the it's the relationships, right? And I'm not just saying this because I'm on a podcast with you, Tyler, but it's the relationship that I have with you that when we get together, we instantly have a, a history, we have a connection, right? We have memories that we can hold on to, and so it's guys like you that are by far what makes uh, coaching worth it, right? I like to think that I had an impact on you and you had an impact on me, right? And so when we get back together for a reunion, right, we've got that connection that we had over over the, the, the heat of Florida preseasons that you kind of talked about in the beginning, right? And um, we got those memories, the stories we won't take time to tell tonight, but we got those stories that, that we can share. And so for me, it's definitely the relationships and um, it's exciting to see guys like you now with, with two kiddos and, and doing well and you know, making an impact through coaching the next generation of kids. I love to hear about guys like you that are out there, you know, investing in others, right? I like to think that maybe I had a small piece of, of influence in that. And so that's really what it's about for me. It's the relationships. It's about the impact that I hopefully can have uh, positively through through my role as a coach. Definitely huge impact. And I think that's that's one of the coolest things just in my experience is that I can still grab the phone and text even the guys that I played cup, club with, like 13, 14 years old, and just, hey, what's up, dude? And just be in touch and just... I mean, even from so long ago, it's so cool. And that's, uh, look, like you look back, wins are nice, goals are nice, but it's just so much bigger and actually long term impactful. Um, the people who you're out there day in and day out with. And yeah, and, I, and, and obviously the winning and the championship enhance that. I think you can have that. That kind of brings you together. But it, those aren't, those aren't the things that I think back to my career. Those aren't really the things that I even focus on. It's the, it's the relationships and, and to see, you know, guys like you doing well and, and, uh, you know, impacting others. That's, that's awesome. That gets me excited. So getting near the end, we get to some of our favorite questions. What is something in your field that you're excited about in the future? In my current field? 
Yes. For me right now, we're, we just started a, uh, in the process of starting a coaching uh, curriculum as part of our, our sport management major. And so um, we've, we've started a concentration in coaching and we might build on that, but be able to, you know, to train up the next generations of coaches, both in the classroom and then practically giving them practical experiences, be able to use some of the, um, some of the things that I've learned, sometimes learned the hard way, things that have worked or not worked, things I've observed. Um, that's really fun for me. That's, that's exciting for me to be able to kind of give back through that. You know, I think the journey that God's brought me on over 20 some years of coaching to, uh, to now be, I sound like an old man over here, but, but now as a, as a, you know, 45 year old, uh, you know, coach that's come full circle, uh, to be able to give back in that way is, is fun. I also, like, like you mentioned, the, the coaching piece, being able to coach my, my son. Um, and when I was coaching in college, uh, that, that wouldn't have been possible because I didn't have time, right? I was focused on, on, uh, recruiting and, and, you know, it's 24 seven. And so to be able to do that now, to be able to invest in my own son, um, which I wasn't able necessarily able to do before, uh, is, is, is exciting for me. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. What is one thing outside of your field that excites you right now? It can be anything except nothing coaching, nothing teaching. Okay, so right now I'm passionate about tennis. So Yo. I'm playing a lot of tennis, and that's my favorite thing to do. So playing some tennis leagues um, kind of scratches that competitive itch that I used to have, or that I used to be able to do on the on the field as a coach or as a player. Um, so I'm still real, still very competitive. I still want to be the best. I don't like to lose. Um, and so to be involved in tennis, I'm constantly working on things, working on my serve, my return to serve, my volley, uh, all that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't want to play soccer anymore. I'm old and I'm not very good anymore. So it's not as fun. So I, I picked up tennis so I can compete at this age. I compete with the, with the young bucks. Tennis enables me to be able to do that. Nice. High skill game. Yeah. Is that... Is that a brand new thing, starting from scratch, or something you had done previously? Uh, I, I played in high school, uh, not not on a, our high school didn't have a team, but I played in some some uh, events. I used to play a lot when I was young, and then got into soccer and, and coaching and all that. I really didn't have time to do that, and so uh, that's something I've always enjoyed. I played from time to time here and there, but now to be able to um, to, to play competitively uh, on on teams and leagues here in the area. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, you can uh, you can contact me um, my email by email. Um, my my email is james at ciu edu. Would love to chat with any of you about coaching your coaching journey. If I can be a help in any way, um, you know, I'd love to do that. I'd love to give back. Awesome. Well. James, thanks so much for joining me on here. You are uh, a man who has definitely had a tremendous impact in my life, just as a person and a coach, and not just what you've taught me, but what you've lived out and kind of modeled it in action throughout. Um, and it's been a big part of me just seeing 
you know, that soccer and sports in general, they're so much bigger than just, you know, big wins and awesome goals that you score. Uh, there's just so much bigger than that. And I, I believe that God put me on this earth to connect with people through the game of soccer because there's nothing else that I've found that I can connect people with people as well um, than through soccer. So that's uh, that's something that I've learned, and, and just you've been a big part of kind of teaching me the importance of that and how that can be impactful and meaningful. So I appreciate you. And appreciate you jumping on here with me. Thanks, man. Super proud of you. Like I said, I have such great memories and just proud of you and seeing, you know, how God's using you and your little family there with you and Whitney and then the teams that you're getting to coach. I just want to challenge you to keep doing it, man. Uh, Super proud of you. God will continue to use you in the future. Um, And um, thanks for the opportunity to to join you tonight. It was awesome to have you on. So Until next time, thanks a lot, James. Thank you, Tyler. Good job, buddy. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. It was awesome to get to catch up with James and just soak in some of his wisdom and experience um, that he was so generous to share with us. Uh, It was valuable for you and would love to hear about it. If you have any comments, drop a comment on the YouTube video. Be sure to like and subscribe for more from us. We're excited to have you. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Subscribe on that podcast and we will see you next time.